Hey, this is Pastor Ellie, one of the lead pastors of Bold Church. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today. If you want to stay up to date on everything that's happening at Bold Church, want to live stream a service, or find out when our next gathering is, head over to bold.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Who is excited for church? Come on. My voice, I kind of lost it singing for hours upon hours each uh, day this week. So I'm going to teach today and not preach. Is that okay? Is that okay? Come on, let's go. So uh, on conference Sunday, listen, the conference has not ended. I'm still preaching on that theme. And that's why I got, I'm, I'm pulling the Pastor Russell today. I got Javi on the keys. But we are in a collection of talks called Pray First. Somebody shout Pray First. If you are new to Bold Church, our tribe... We are a loud church. We get excited, not just for the Niners. They're going to beat the, the Lions today. Amen? Any faith-filled people believe in that? Some of you Raider fans, haters. Cowboy fans, haters. It's okay. We love you. We understand jealousy. We're going to walk in it in faith. But we are, we are in a, we're concluding a collection of talks called Pray First. Well, we don't want to just pray reactively when we want to pray first. Not just the next thing we do, but the first thing we do. Amen? Because anyone can pray when there's an emergency. Anyone can pray when your daughter's sick. Anyone can pray when you're in the hospital. But will you pray before you go to the doctor? Will you pray before the medicine? Will you pray before the counselor? And that's what this whole theme, this whole collection of talks has been, is we want to change as a church. We don't just want to pray during emergencies, but every time, even when we don't need him. Pray first. And I want to teach you a prayer that I've been praying. It is integral to my life. It has changed my faith. But I want to be honest with you. I avoided this prayer for a very long time. I was scared of praying this way. And now I can't even go a day without it. I just want to teach you. I'm not sure if you know this, but did you know the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to pray? His name is the helper. The Greek word is parakletos. And the, the, the Bible uses that word not just in the Old Testament, but New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. Do you know who the Paracletos is in the Old Testament? Eve. When she comes along, Adam, and God has that name. He wants to do, be your partner in life. He wants to help you. Anyone this morning need help? Watch what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 16. And he will give you another one to help. Somebody shout help. You and to be with you. Anyone need help in their marriage? Need help with their kids? Need help with their career? Need help in their finances? Come on. God wants to help you. And watch the solution that he wants to give you. It is counterintuitive. John chapter 14, verse 13. This is the previous verse. It says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. The answer to that prayer is God's solution is not to give you money, not to change your spouse, not to change your kids, but to bring a helper in that problem. He doesn't give you a solution. He goes, I am the solution. He wants to help you. Someone to help you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you pray. And I remember the disciples, they, they watched Jesus for three years do miracles. Heal the blind. The lame would walk. Raider fans repented, became Niner fans. It was amazing. <laughs> miracles. And they never went to Jesus and said, teach me how to preach. They never said, teach me how to do the miracles. They said, well, this, the power, the source of your power is how you pray. Teach us to pray. And Jesus taught them, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. May we forgive those who trespass against us as we forgive those who trespass. No, we may forgive 
our trespasses they forgive those we trespass against. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And in the same prayer, watch what Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Spirit was given to you in the same context to teach you, to help you, to pray. So if you're here this morning, you're like, I'm not very good at prayer. Welcome to the club. God gave us a helper. The title of my sermon is simply this. Are you ready? Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Let's pray before we talk about prayer. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for today. You have a word for us. God, we, we may have walked in one way, but we want to walk out another. God, we want everything in the scriptures that is for us, that's going to bless us, that's going to encourage us to walk out this faith in the most unchurched region in the entire country, Jesus. God, we want to love like you. We want to talk like you. We want to be transformed to look like your son. God, we also pray a blessing over the Niners. And everybody said? Everybody said? Can we give Jesus a round of applause? Come on. About 20 years ago, I was in Oklahoma. My sister, she went to a very famous Christian university called Oral Roberts University. He's a great healing evangelist in the 50s and 60s, and he had this massive university. And I, I went to this campus when I was like 23, 24, and she was graduating. Her graduation was on Saturday. We didn't fly out until Sunday night. And she's like, hey, I want you to come to my church. And the, there's a very large church. It's still there today called Victory Outreach. It's been there for 30, 40 years. It's like, this is my church. I, I want to go to church. I'm like, sure. I've been a Christian for three months, and we're at church like half an hour early. And we're there, and she's, my sister's baiting me, by the way. She says, we, we, like Kat and Tom and Jerry, we, we bait each other. She's like, I want you to go, go in the prayer room. Go in the sanctuary. Pray with everybody else. I'm like, what's the big thing about prayer? So I walk in the sanctuary, and there's easily 4,000, 5,000 seats. And there's 500 people at the altar an hour before, half an hour before service, and they're all praying out loud. Everyone just crying out to God. I'm like, man, these people got passion. And she's like, go, go, go pray with them. And as I'm walking up, you know, naive, this 23-year-old, I get up. I'm like, this isn't English. These are white folks, but this isn't English. Are they European? Like, what are they saying? And I realized they're not praying in an English language. And this is an actual picture of me on that day. Watch this. I was literally going backwards into the bushes. Like, What? And my sister's rolling on the ground, like crying from laughter. Ha ah! ha! I'm like, what were they praying? She's like, I can't tell you. I was like, why? She's like, because they weren't praying to you. They were praying to God in the spirit. And I just want to acknowledge this is going to be an awkward conversation for some of you. Because when I was 23, when someone talked about praying in the spirit, I was like, adios, right? If you want to leave, I am not going to be offended. I might throw my Bible at you, but that's, that's just because of my lack of character. So I just want to acknowledge this is going to be a hard subject for some of you because some of you have been lied to about this gift. So my God, job is not to convince you, just to teach what the Bible teaches and pray that the Holy Spirit will convince you because it took me, listen, 10 years to humble myself and say, oh, actually, I was taught wrong. So I get where you're coming from. I want to give you this one phrase this one big idea right up front that the Holy Spirit wants to pray through you. Someone say through you. To God. Someone say to God. He wants to give you a personal prayer language. That when you pray, the devil don't hear you. Your spouse don't hear you. You won't even understand what you're saying. 
but God will. Let me show this to you. This is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Now, I'm going to use my teaching skills a little bit. This is, this is like top-of-the-line graphics, by the way, all right? You can't get this at other churches. This is like amazing. But 1 Corinthians 13 says this. If I speak in tongues of men, someone say of men. And of angels. Someone say of angels. The key word for those of you that went to public school is the word and. Signifying two. I had pizza and donuts. And ice cream. I'm definitely, for those of you that have been praying for 21 days, our fast has been going as a church. I am breaking my fast at midnight. I'm staying up in the name of Jesus. But the big idea that I want to show you is that there are two tongues. Tongues of men and tongues of angels. And 1 Corinthians 12 is a corporate gift. Someone say corporate gift. It's not a gift that you operate by yourself. It's a gift you operate in a room like this. And the idea is that sometimes God will have a message, and the message is coming down from heaven. Someone say down. down. And it, God has a message for us. And these gifts are, are, what are what are technically called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me encourage you. Some of you are like, I want, to, I want those gifts. I want the gift of healing. I want the gift of faith. No one in this room owns or possesses any of those gifts. That means if you get in an environment of faith and you ask God, God, I want to pray for that person. Give me the ability to heal him. He can. He will. Because it's not my gift. It's not your gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he gives it to those who desire it. Because it ain't for you. It's to benefit the corporate body. But there is one gift that causes a lot of confusion. That sometimes God wants to speak and he has a message that comes down. Someone say down. And then someone Let's say this dude right here, he goes, OMG, I heard what God said. And he, he, he says something in a language that none of us hears or understands. Thank you. And then this guy goes, man, that was another language, but I heard it in English. Let me tell you what he just said. And God is going to give a message down to this person, and then it's interpreted. That is not the gift I'm talking about. There is another gift. Watch this, 1 Corinthians 12. This gift, this text has been used as a proof text to prove that some of you, I don't have this gift. I want to change your mindset this morning. Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire all the gifts? Listen, not every gift, and there are nine listed in 1 Corinthians 12, nine of them. You don't get to pick which one of those gifts you get. You can ask and God determines who gets what gets it. And the good news is, is if you come by faith and say, God, my, my dad is sick. God, my mom is sick. God, my daughter is sick. Would you give me the gift of healing so I can pray? It is, it is not a gift you possess. It's a gift that the Holy Spirit will manifest in you. But it takes faith. And that text right there, not everyone has the corporate gift. Now let's go to the other side for a second. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love. And earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. In 1 Corinthians 14, the language of the Spirit manifests in two ways. Prophecy and a personal prayer language. And I want to speak to you. I'm going to juxtapose and compare and contrast these two gifts and show you this gift comes down, but this gift is a little bit different. I'm going to show it to you in the text. And it really what I want to do is I want to debunk this gift. I want to remove barriers. Because some of you are like, mm, like Homer Simpson. You're going to back up in your heart. You, 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 you won't get up from your seat. 
but you'll cross your arms because you're close to it. And all I'm asking is, give me a moment to help you. Give me a moment to show you. You decide based on what I teach, is this something that God has for you? Amen? Amen. Does anyone want to be edified this morning? Anyone want to grow in their faith this morning? Then lean in. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men. Someone say, not to men. But to God. Someone say, to God. So what the text is telling us is there is another gift. It does not go that way. There is one dude, and he is speaking to God, and this one is going up. Someone say up. Someone say audience matters. In this one, men are hearing it. In this one, God is hearing it. There are two gifts. And if you don't understand the distinction between the two gifts, you will have the same experience I had when I walked into Victory Tulsa and you hear all these people cry out to God and you're like, what in the world? I am out finding another church in Jesus' name. Or you can be like me. You can recognize it's real, but avoid it for two years. And be like, I'm afraid. I don't want that. That's just, that just I listen, the gifts of the Spirit aren't weird. You're weird. You were weird before you became a Christian. Don't blame Jesus. That's you. Let's just be real for this moment. God wants to bless you. God wants to change you. Do you want that, though? Do you want that for your life? And then Jesus says, for no one. Someone say, no one. No one understands him. You're going to speak in a language that you don't even understand. The person next to you won't even understand. The only person that understands is God because it's, it's meant for him. It ain't meant for anyone in the room. And if you don't understand that, you'll be like, you, 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 you won't use it properly. You'll use it in the wrong spaces. You'll use it in a public space where it's meant for a private space. Are you following, church? And then it continues. And then it says, he says, but he utters mysteries. Someone say mysteries. Mysteries that only God understands. God wants to speak. God wants you to speak to him in a language the devil don't understand, that you don't understand, and he wants you to do it by faith. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But the one who prophesies, someone say prophesies, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This last week, I invited three guest speakers. All of them are massive leaders of the faith in the church world. Russell Johnson. Anybody love Russell Johnson? Man, that guy is amazing, right? He planted a church eight years ago, and five years ago, they were running 300 people. Today, they're running 5,000. God is using that man in the North Pacific. Blew up this church. Anyone love Nathan Finocchio? Craziest. He's the only pastor that wears $1,000 shoes that looks like a homeless person, you know? Love him to death. He's a unicorn. But the reason why we had that conference was for Nathan's dad, John Finocchio. And he came and he did something special. He prophesied. And the altars were full. And there were people that came to the altar. One of them right now is Yolanda. She's in the kids' room. And Ricardo came up to me after a service on Wednesday. And he said, Pastor Al, you won't believe the conversation that my wife and I had coming to church tonight. Yolanda told me, she's like, I want to hear from God. I don't hear him. And she only told her husband. And then John Finocchio stood right here. And he looked at, he said, hey, you behind the, the speaker, I want you to come up here. And he says, you're wondering why you can't hear God's voice. And immediately she began to weep. 
That's what prophecy does. It strengthens you. It makes you feel known. God sees you. He sees all the pain you're going through. He sees the difficulty. He wants to strengthen, comfort, and encourage you. Amen? Amen. That's the power of prophecy. But there's, a, there's another side of prophecy. There's a problem of it, too. See, the problem of prophecy is that John Finocchio, he only had the strength to do that for five people. And there were 40 up here. See, when God gave this gift, he knew that more people would want it than the ability to give it to them. So he had to create a solution that even if you couldn't get to John Finocchio, you could still get prophesied over. Are you ready for this? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. For the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. Someone say himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. When you are getting a, a prophecy from God, someone is building you up. But if you're at the back of the line, saying, God, I, wanna, oh, I, need, I need a voice. I need a touch from heaven. God, my marriage is falling apart. God, my, my finances, I, I need a word, God. God, do you see me? And you're 39 in line. And the first five get it, and then he goes, I need to go home. And you're like, oh, God, I needed a word. Some of you left discouraged. I came to encourage you this morning. Because I'm going to tell you about someone who wants to prophesy over you, and he's a better prophet than John Finocchio. His name is the Paracletos. He's the Holy Spirit. And if you allow him to pray through you, it says he will prophesy over you and build you up. You ready for that? Does anybody want that this morning? Let me tell you how important this gift is. The one who wrote these words wrote this. Now I want you all. Someone say all. I have this Bible software called Logos Bible Software. I've had it for 10 years. I've paid four grand. That's a lot. It's like a car. My library of books is 5,000. It's crazy. And every two years, I have to invest another grand and get more books. The reason why I tell you that is I have every resource under the sun to help me interpret the Bible. I looked up that, that Greek word, all. Guess what it means in English? All. And some of you are like, that's Paul speaking, Pastor Ali. That's us, okay? Because let me tell you why. Man did not write the Bible. God did. Man's the pen and God is the author. This is God's desire for you. My question is, do you have the same desire for this gift that God does? And if you don't, ask yourself, why? Did I get, did someone tell me not to avoid this gift? Because God's saying, I want you all to do this. Because you may not get a John Finocchio. You may have to wait a year and run to the front and hope that he lays hands on you. And if he doesn't, you know, walk back defeated. And what I want to tell you is you can get built up, strengthened, and comforted today. Someone even better than John Finocchio. His name is the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy God the Father says, I want you all to have this gift. And then 1 Corinthians 14 verse 8 says this. Now I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And if you're new to the scriptures, this is Paul flexing, by the way. He's like walking around, like popping his collar. This is a flex. This is a spiritual flex. When I was 23 years old, my roommate in college became a bodybuilder. Like he started taking creatine and protein, started injecting testosterone like crazy, working out two hours a day, eating like a box of cereal, like easily six thousand calories a day the the guy was about that life and if you're around that you, you get about that life a little bit I know I'm like very thin and I look like a 12 year old boy with my shirt off but I was about that life back then no keep laughing that's why I'm in therapy keep laughing 
And the bro talk in the gym was, bro, how much do you bench? How much do you, no one cared about squatting clean like the way they do today. Back then it was, bro, how much do you bench? In the kingdom, it's how much do you pray in tongues? Oh, you go to church? Cool. Paul's like, but how much do you pray in tongues? Because he values this gift. Do you value this gift? He treasures this gift. Do you treasure this gift? And some of you, you have contempt. And you avoid this gift, and the Father longs to give it to you. And the one who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament is like, bro, how much do you pray in tongues? Do you have the same attitude as the greatest apostle ever and as God the Father? And if you don't, you've got to ask yourself, why? Why do I have it? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. This is, so my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy what John Finocchio did for the 10 that he prophesied, five over each night, your life is forever going to be changed. Write that prophecy. Never forget those words from God. And do not forbid speaking tongues. Some of you forbid it, but God doesn't want it to be. Next, go back to verse 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so the church may be built up. Here's the summary of what I'm trying to say. Prophecy builds the church. Tongues builds the believer. So let me give you five quick benefits, because I want to make this practical, amen? I want you to walk out of this room going, oh, I got it. Not just some theory, something practical in your life. Here's the first benefit. Number one, it builds you up. It builds you up. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds. Someone say builds. Up himself. This word, this Greek word, is the Greek word okimomo. It's like a very hard word to say. It's a Greek word. It means to erect, to build a house, or to build a sanctuary. Did you know that your body is the sanctuary of the temple of the Holy Spirit? That when you are praying in tongues, you are building God's temple. Anybody want to build God's house? Come on. 1 Corinthians 6, 8 chapters prior says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God. You are not your own. What's the temple? Your body. So when you are praying in tongues, you are building God's house. Prophecy builds someone else's house. Tongues builds your house. Builds your temple. You need that. And it's not the only place in the Bible where it has this language. Jude 1 verse 19 says, You, but you, beloved. Building. Someone say building. It's the same word. Yourself up in the holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. I didn't just... Take one verse and build. It's repeated again and again and again. You need this. You need this. Now, for example, many of you, the Bible says this is how you grow your faith, and you don't. Imagine for a moment the Bible said, if you want to grow your faith, you have to climb a tree. Let me tell you what would happen. Half of you would be like, let's go climb a tree. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you climb a tree. Half of you would be like, that's so stupid. Ew. And you would never do it because it looks foolish. And then you'd see half the room grow in faith because they're climbing a tree and coming down every day because the Bible told them to. And the other half, I am never going to do that. The same thing is with tongues. You do it by faith, even if it's foolish. Even if it's foolish. Maybe this will help you understand. Praying in, in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit is to your spirit what CrossFit is to your body. See, some of you... You're about the macros, about the squats. You measure your, your protein on a scale before you put it in your body. You're crazy. 
Let's just, I'm on a seafood diet. Seafood and eat food. Some of you, you measure the protein. You wake up at 5 a.m. The devil's asleep and you're awake. And in the spirit, you're overweight and flabby. Do you want a six-pack in the spirit? Do you want to be ripped, not physically, spiritually? Pray in the spirit. Because it doesn't say church attendance builds you up in the faith because it's good for you. It says praying in the spirit does. Praying in the spirit does. I have a question for all of you. If I were to ask this question, I know we have guests in the room. If I were to say, is God a father? A lot of hands would go up. Some of you think he's a judge, a tyrant. Maybe I'll, by the end of the sermon, you, I'll convince you that he's a good, good father. That he actually sent his son Jesus to die for us when we didn't deserve it. And I'd say, is he a father in your hand? Yeah. Is he a good father? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he is a good father. If he's a good father, does he give good gifts? You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd say, if he's a good father who gives good gifts, did he give you this gift? You say, no. And what you're really saying is not no to this gift. You're saying no to the character of God. Because why would he give it to some of his children but not the other? What would you say about me if we were having Thanksgiving dinner? And my five-year-old Zoe was a little gangster. And my seven-year-old Sophia were at the table. And I put mashed potatoes and green beans. And I only gave one of them steak. Like, you're not, you're not giving her enough. She, she, she needs more. You would question my character as a father. So if you question my character, why do you question God's character? This is not for first-class and second-class citizens. God desires this gift for you. This is the secret sauce to this church. God wants you to build your faith. God wants you to grow. And there's a prayer language he wants to give you that if you do it by faith, the Bible says it will build you. And I, I know that I'm maybe sometimes preaching to the choir. Some of you believe something. You're like, this is insane. And that's why I have to go to first, second first Corinthians chapter 2. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we may understand the things freely given to us by God. What is he saying? You will not understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. He wants to help you understand. And then he continues. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting, listen, spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. A decade ago, a dude by the name of Deepak Chopra wrote a commentary on the book of Matthew. Dumb. The dude's not a Christian. He doesn't understand. You will not understand spiritual things unless you have the Spirit of God, the helper in you helping you understand. That's what I'm trying to say. I can't convince you, but the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit can. The nature, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And I remember I, the very first church I was a part of was a Southern Baptist church in L.A. I remember I'd show up at 7 o'clock, and I would set up chairs just like we do here, and I'd help tear down. I'd show up at 7, leave at 2, and it's crazy that 20 years later, I was a part of that. But I remember I was a, a brand-new believer, and the pastor said, you should read your Bible in a year. I was like, okay. And I did something crazy. I read my Bible in a year. And I go to the pastor, I'm like, hey, there's this, like, language, like this person that the Bible's talking about. Who is the Holy Spirit? He goes, oh, we don't talk about him. We don't, we're not those weird Christians. And for the next 18 months, I avoid the Holy Spirit because my pastor told me to. 
Then I moved from L.A. to the Bay. And I joined this church. And the best way to describe them is they were a spirit-filled church. And there were people in the room that got saved around the same time that I were, two years prior. And they were much further along in their faith than I was. Because I'm lacking in character. I got super competitive. I'm like, how did did you? Because when I play Monopoly, I had money in the the bathroom. How how did you do this? How, How did you do this? And they began to tell me about how they all prayed in tongues. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want the prophecy thing. Yes, tell me I'm awesome. I need that. But the tongues thing, mm. I just kept seeing them grow faster, have joy, just be built up, encouraged in the most difficult situations. And I got humbled to the point where I said, I want this. I want this. And I remember praying, praying, fasting. And pastor, tell me, He prayed for me for like an hour, and nothing happened. And he finally told me two key principles. Number one, ask Pastor Ali. I wasn't a pastor, but he's like, you know you got to, like, give him your will. Like, let me explain this. It's not like you put the car in neutral, and it just moves naturally. You put the car in drive, and you let go of the steering wheel. you got to give him control. He's not going to move your mouth. And And then he says, Ali, when the baby talks, does it learn sentences, or does it learn words? I'm like, words, exactly. Babies go ball, 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 ball. Learning to pray in the Spirit is the same way. Because this is what I want you to do. I want you to get alone and ask the Father to give you this. He's a good Father. One Thursday after this, that hour-long prayer meeting, I get in my car, fasting all day, just drive around for like 30, 40 minutes, worshiping God on Hillsong. And then I park in this parking lot in the tech industry, software engineer, and I'm sitting in this car by myself, just praying silently, waiting. I just felt this thing, like, want to come out. And I don't remember the word that I said. I'm just going to use an example. Kasha! Like, that was so weird. And I just said it again. Kasha! Kasha! And immediately I had this thought, you are an idiot. Look how stupid you look. If people heard you, oh, you went to school? And immediately I said, in my heart, I said, I'm done with this gift. And I heard God say, stop focusing on what you hear. It's not for you. The audience is me. Your prayers are perfect. Keep doing it by faith. Keep doing it by faith. And I kept saying that word, kasha, by faith, because I believed by faith it was going to build me up. Second benefit, number one, number two, your mind is unfruitful. Someone say unfruitful. That means when you're praying, you don't even know what you're praying. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. That means when you're praying in this language, ain't none of your friends going to understand you. Your pastor won't understand you. Your wife won't understand you. The only, you won't even understand you. The only person who understands you is God because the message goes up. And some of you are like, what's the benefit in that? We are too cerebral. All of your problems are from the way that you think. The fruit of your mind produces all your marriage problems, money problems, gym problems, life problems. Your kids ain't crazy. You're crazy. Everyone's kids. It's a WWF fight to not go to bed. All my kids are crazy. No, everyone's kids are. The way you think about it, though, that's the problem. And so what God has to do is he has to remind you that there's something greater than your mind. It's the Spirit. 
And so the order is spirit first, then the mind. And that's the benefit of tongues. When you're praying, you don't get in the way of yourself. You ever pray selfish prayers that God doesn't answer? I'll get to those in a second. The great theologian, Bill Johnson, says this, the mind is a great servant, but a terrible master. Most of your problems are from the way that you think. So that's why God in the Bible says, if you want to change a man, as he thinketh, so he is. He doesn't change your behavior. He changes the way you think, and then it changes your life. That's why Romans chapter 12 says, be transformed. That word transformed is the same word that we use for metamorphosis, for a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Be tra- God wants you to be a, a brand new person, different. How? By the renewing of your mind. Change is an inside job. And when you pray in the Spirit, you're not getting in your own way. Science is now proving this, by the way. 17 years ago, I'll show this article. Uh, ABC News 2020 did an article on tongues. They were fascinated by Christians. Because, listen, when you have fear, you know what fear is? You think about the worst-case scenario. And it changes the way you pray. And imagine God is saying, I want you to share your faith. I want you to step out and start this business. I want you to write this book. I want you to go do this. And your whole mind is like, I can't do this. I'll get rejected. I'll fail. And you are getting in the way of your own calling because of your mind. And when you pray in the spirit, you're telling your mind to shut up. And your spirit's taking over. Your spirit goes, let's go. Put me in, coach. And that's what ABC News found. In this article, they, they, they measured the brain waves. Watch this video real quick. It's amazing. Thanks for watching our internet edition of Nightline. I'm Martin Bashir. Today, we examine the Christian practice of speaking in tongues. Those outside... Oh, that's okay. No, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. watching our internet edition of Nightline. I'm Martin Bashir. You can stop it. You can stop it. we examine the Christian practice... Maybe you, if you can't... Okay, there we go. <laughs> Let me just summarize what they were trying to say. It was not ABC News that did the news article. They were actually reporting on what the University of Pennsylvania did. They put CAT scans on Christians at church, and they measured their brainwave activity. They put it on the pastor and this other woman named Donna. And when the pastor prayed, he was praying in English. His mind was fruitful. He knew what he was praying. The brainwaves are off the chart. But then Donna... She went to bold. She was praying in tongues, bro. She was, come on, she's, she's one of us. And she was praying and she was at it and that brainwave activity was, was low. And scientists were like, man, this literally is doing what the Bible says it's doing, that when you pray in the spirit, your brain, your mind is unfruitful. Let me tell you why that's so important. As Westerners, we are cerebral. We are driven by our brain. That's why when I preach a sermon, I have to give you a three-point sermon because you want understanding. And when I don't, you get angry. And that's why when you're praying in tongues in the beginning, you get angry because you're like, what am I saying? Well, that's why 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says this. For the one who speaks in the tongue speaks not to men, but to God. He's the audience. For no one understands, but he utters mysteries. Someone say Mysteries. In the spirit, our culture wants us to solve mysteries. When my wife and I were dating back in 2012, she would watch this crazy anxiety-producing show called Special Units SVU. Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. Every episode, someone was getting raped, someone was getting murdered, child was being kidnapped. I'm like, why, why are we watching this? 
And at the end of the show, they would solve the mystery. Because that's what we long for, to solve the mystery. Listen, Christianity has some mysteries. Why does God create Raider fans? I don't know. I don't know. But let's be serious for a moment. There are a lot of things that God asks you to do that you don't understand. Why do I have to forgive my enemies when I want to punch them? Why do I keep my pants on, Pastor Allie, and not have sex before marriage? When she's hot, I'm hot, let's do this. And you do it by faith. And science is now saying that if you don't have sex before marriage, you have actually have better sex after marriage. What about giving? Why, why do I give God my money? I'm, I have 90%. Aren't I better with 100%? Faith says 90% and God's better than 10% without him. You, listen, let me remind you of your faith. You believe, all of you who are Christian here, that God sent his son Jesus, born of a 14-year-old virgin with braces. Listen to Justin Bieber. Never had sex, but she got pregnant somehow. You believe that. And then he became a carpenter for 30 years. And then for three years, and only three years, he did miracles. He healed the blind, healed the sick, the lame walked, the dead walked, all these things. But that wasn't even why he came. That was just him flexing, showing he was the Christ. He came to die. And you believe the death of a man on a tree is the key to your life. Why do you believe that? Faith. In the same way, when you're praying something you don't understand, believe it by faith. Faith. Someone say faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So if you don't have the faith for this gift, don't operate. Number three, the third benefit. You pray according to the will of God. Anyone ever pray selfish prayers or awful prayers? Like, God, why, why aren't you answering? Don't you want to pray perfect prayers? One of the things as a pastor, I, I realized that at the end of the church, people are like, I want the pastor to pray for me. They're, like, they're kind of like push me aside to go to Pastor Yasmin. <laughs> and I know, she, she's better looking than me. She's a better prayer than me. I, I get it. I'm not offended. Un piquito, but not that much, right? <laughs> but there's someone better that prays better than her. And he wants you to run to him and not to her. He's the helper, the parakletos, and his prayers are perfect. Watch what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Why? Because he's a helper. For we do not know what to pray. Let me just pause. This is the greatest apostle ever. And he's like, bro, there are days I don't know what to pray. If you've ever felt that way, you are not alone. You're not less than. There are many days, I'm going to talk about them in a moment. There have been many times I'm in a room, overwhelmed with pain. I do not have the words, but I still need prayer. We do not know how to, what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he, someone say he, this is God the Father, who searches the hearts. Man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit and God the Father are best friends. And they are always talking. And the Holy Spirit's like, bro, this guy, let me tell you what he needs. So when you allow him to pray, he prays perfect prayers because he's talking to the Father about you. Knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Any single people in the room today? Come on, raise your hand if you're a single person. Look around, see what you're working with. Let me prophesy. Find your spouse in the house. 
Come on. It was 2012, and uh, I had just been ordained as a pastor, and I was single. I'm going to be very transparent. I was extremely lonely. It's hard to go to weddings. Everyone's like, hey, when's it your turn? I want to go to a funeral. I'm like, ha, when's it your turn, right? <laughs> like, I was in that phase of singleness, right? Some of you were there. You're like, ha, 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 me too, right? And I'm like, God, I've been praying for this girl, for t- and it's, you're not answering the prayer. I'm done praying. I'm going all in on tongues because I want you to pray because I'm, I'm, I'm so lonely, God. I don't even know what to pray anymore. Would you pray for me? And for 40 days, we, I know we're fasting and praying for 21 days. I, I did 40 days of Daniel fast. That's how desperate I was. Come on. <laughs> and at the end of the 40 days, we're at this conference. I was, at, I was pastoring and I brought a team of people and we were in like, maybe there's 100 people at this conference and we're like 20 rows back and I'm looking down because the, the conference has these downward stairs and there's like three or four girls. I'm like, Lord, can I go talk to them? I'm single, ready to mingle. Come on, don't judge. And I like, l- clear as day, the Lord said, no. I've been praying for you. Because everything you're looking for in a wife, you'll find in Yasmin. And she was right next to me. I just didn't see it. See, there are prayers that you're praying God will never answer because they're, they're not good prayers. Because you're praying from your flesh. And there are things that you desire that God does not desire for you. And God not answering them is a blessing. If you don't believe me, go back to your high school yearbook, the girls you were praying for. Oh, my God. Said you love me. And in the same way, I was praying for a girl, and God was in my frustration. I said, you pray. And for 40 days, the Holy Spirit was praying for me. And she went from, what's up, cuz, to hola, senorita. <laughs> me llamo Ali, right? Like, it changed instantly. Now, all the single people are like, kasha, kasha, kasha. <laughs> I get it. It's okay. But let me tell you why that's so important. They did a study in 2019 that the average pastor in America, we're paid to be good. We're, we're, we're professional Christians. Pray for four minutes a day. Now, this is not a judgment against you. This is a reality. Do you really think you pray more than your pastor? Probably not. So if on average, I, this is a condemnation against myself. I pray way more than four, but I'm not going to. But on average, we pray for four. That means you pray less than four. And a couple weeks ago, I talked about one of the reasons why we don't pray is we don't pray our feelings. If you always pray how you feel, you'll always have something to pray. But let me acknowledge, there are times you're tired of praying the same prayer. Any parents in the house? Any parents with two-year-olds in the house? Pray for these people. Because we have the same prayer. Lord, put them to bed. Put them to sleep or I'm going to put them to sleep. Right? I'm going to put them on the altar of God. Bring fire, Lord. Come on. <laughs> like, it takes me five minutes, tops, to get in my pajamas and brush my teeth. It takes my kids an hour. <laughs> Why? And I remember one day I was like on the end of my rope, like losing my cool. And I said, you know what? I'm, gonna be, I'm done praying in English. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And as soon as I started praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit said, I'm not going to change your kids. They're five. 
they need a, a patient father. And many of you in this room, let's just be honest, you pray selfish prayers that God will never answer. And it's not because he's not a good dad, it's because he's a perfect dad. And the way you get out of your own way is you let the Holy Spirit pray perfect prayers for you. And I'm just warning some of you. I had to be in the room when I said goodbye to my father with COVID. When you're in front of a dying person that you love, you will not have the energy and the mental capacity to pray. But in that moment, you need it. So let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Because he prays perfect prayers. It builds you up. Your mind is unfruitful. And when the Holy Spirit prays, it's perfect. And number four, it unifies. Someone say unifies. It unifies the church. See, prayer in tongues is not just for you. You don't, you don't just need it. The church needs it. There's power in language. Look at this verse in Genesis chapter 11. If you're not familiar with this text, let me kind of highlight to you. This is the, the, ta- the Tower of Babel. The people around the world says, we don't need God. Sounds very Silicon Valley-ish, right? We don't need God. We can be like God. So they're building this tower. Why? Because they want to get to the heavens and declare themselves to be God. And listen, they were succeeding. That's crazy. What was their project management tool? What was their org chart? How did they do this? What was their secret sauce? Watch what the, the Bible says. The Lord said, if they have begun to do this work as one people, all having the same language. Someone say, same language. That nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. There is power and unity of one language. One, have you ever been on a team where everyone talks the same? How about this? Have you ever been on a, a software team or a tech team where you have one team in like Taiwan or Sweden and, and one team in America? And then you need like a translator between the two. And what should take 15 minutes takes like a whole day. It's like, ah. Oh. That's, that's the power of not having one language. It works in the reverse effect. So what does God do to break up their unity? Does he separate the people? Watch what God does. Come, let us go down and confuse their language. Someone say language. God does not separate the people. He separates the language. So they will not understand each other. The devil took God's playbook on language, and now he's using it against the people of God. Now, this is going to offend some of you. That's okay. Write me an email. I'll never read it, but let's go there. The devil in this culture is building babbles. And it's these phrases that unify people, and they're pushing mindsets. Let's take one of them, for example. Black Lives Matter. I can say the phrase, but it's a Trojan horse for a demonic organization. Take white privilege. It's this idea that if we take white people out of power and put black people, women in power, it's like, bro, they're the same. Everyone's sinful. And it's rallying this culture with these babbles around one mindset because the devil knows the power of one language. My body, my choice is a mantra for murder. And God knew this. And so when he went on a cross to die for us, he didn't just pay for our forgiveness. It's even better than that. 
Peter in the very first sermon in Acts chapter 2 says, Joel prophesied this, that he would pour out his spirit. Someone say spirit. That God wants to give you his spirit to live life, to live the spirit-filled life. But that's not the only promise. Zephaniah chapter 3. For then I will turn to the people a pure language. Someone say pure language. God wants us to have unity. And imagine all of us are praying the same thing. Not selfish prayers, not broken prayers, but perfect prayers. Because it doesn't just build you up, it builds the church. You don't just need this. Our church needs this. We need unified believers. And the last one, it provides spiritual armor. It provides spiritual armor. I'm almost done. Many of you have been familiar with this text, and we might go through this for six or seven weeks during the August, July and August month. I don't know, but I'm leaning that way. But it begins like this. Therefore, take up the whole armor. Someone say whole armor. God wants to give you armor because you got an enemy, right? He's not going to send you spam mail, by the way. He's not going like to robocall you. It's way worse. You can't block him. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. How many of you went to public school? How many did I count? It's not a trick question. How many? Six. Wasn't it a trick question? But notice the comma at the very end. That means there's more. And some of you, that's what this whole sermon's about. There's more to your faith. God has more for you. Watch what the very next sentence, the same sentence says. Take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the, what's that word? Somebody shout it. Spirit. Spirit. Meaning you can't even put on the armor of God without praying in the spirit. And for some of you, push back like, oh, it's a different, mine's lowercase s. Go to the Greek, bro. It's the word pneuma. Checkmate. I'm going to give you four practical steps, and then we're going to come up. And for those of you that got convinced, a team of pastors are going to pray for you. That maybe today's the day you get this, and you're going to walk out forever different. Point number one, practical steps. If you believe God didn't give it to you, this gift, repent. Let me kind of define what repent means. It means I used to think this, and now I think this. I used to think the Raiders were good, now I think the Niners are good. And you repent. It's not a big, scary word. It just means to change your mind. And when you change your mind, you change directions. For many of you, you walked away from this gift. Now it's, oh, I actually need this. That's all repentance is. It's a change of mind and change of direction. And for many of you, you have been lied to to avoid this gift. You need this gift. And I go back to it. Is God a good father that gives good gifts? then why would he give it to some and not everyone? When all of us, all of us need help. We all need the paracletos. Number two, 
It's a willed activity. This is a real fear that I had. I thought if I had this gift and I'm in line at Whole Foods and there's like two people in front of me and like three behind, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just gonna come out. Oh my God, I need to run to the bathroom. And like, ah, it's all gonna just come out. They're all gonna laugh at me, right? He will never force himself on you. You have to will. Let me prove it to you in the scriptures. First Corinthians 14, verse 15. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. Someone say spirit. I will also pray with my understanding. Someone say understanding. That word in the Greek is also the mind. So what he's saying is there are times I pray in English, and I understand what I'm saying, and there are times I pray in the Spirit. And I choose when I go back and forth. It's not forced on me. You don't have to be afraid of this gift. You can operate it when you feel like doing it. Number three, it's a learned activity. They've done studies where Orphans have been lost in the wild. Like, you ever watch the Disney movie Jungle Book? Some of those stories are real. They've they found children in the forest, seven, eight years old, and they've never heard a human speak in their life. And these children don't know how to speak because speaking is a learned activity. Listen, praying in tongues is a learned activity. In the same way that your kid goes, ball, 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 because he hears his father, you need to hear someone else. That's why I need you to come up and let us pray over you so you can hear us and by faith pray back to God. Because I don't want your prayers. God wants to hear them. And they bless you. Last one. Last one. If I get everyone to stand. Worship team to come up. Or at the very end. It's a practiced activity. It's a practiced activity. Anyone can pray in the hospital. For some of you, my mother-in-law, she prays on roller coasters. Like when she's freaking out. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're going to grow when you do this every day. In the same way, you don't grow if you go to the gym once a month. You know, you got to go three or four times a week. So here's my challenge. If God gives you that gift or you have it, but you've neglected it. You're going to do five minutes a day for the next seven days. Well, then you come back and be like, you were right, Pastor. I go, I know. Because I had to repent too. But every eye closed and every head bowed. Lord, we're so grateful for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit, that he's our helper. That we got marriage problems, finance problems, life problems, work problems. We have career choices, things we want to do, God, but we, we are stuck. And the greatest blessing that you give us in those moments is you send a helper. You send yourself. So we just want to pause and say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and do life with me, that you live inside of me. No matter where I go, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, you are with me, helping me. And there are many of you in this room that like me, You avoided this gift because there was confusion. There was a a lack of teaching around this. And today's the day God convinced you. Today's the day you're like, oh, I I want that. I I need that. I'm going to pray for every person in this room, God, that desires this gift. I, I, I don't see their desire. Desire's in their heart, but you see it, Father. I pray as they cry out to you and say, God, give me this gift. Allow me to pray to you in an unknown language that you would grant because you're a good father 
and you give good gifts. Just let him minister to you. Just speak to your Father in heaven and ask him. For others of you, you have this gift, you have not been operating. Repent, you need this. And there's a third person in this room. Maybe you got invited by a friend. Maybe it's your first time in church in a long time. And you did not know that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. This is the message of Christianity. This is the gospel. That a good God made a good world and we messed it up. And because we couldn't reach him with our good works, he had to send his son Jesus to die to bridge the gap. That no one comes to the Father. No one has salvation. No one can go to heaven except through Jesus. And the beautiful thing about Christianity is that you don't need to do anything. You just need to simply believe in Jesus, that he came to die for you on a cross. And with every eye closed and with every head bowed, if that's you this morning and God's been speaking to you, I'm gonna count to three. I want you to shoot your hand up. I would love to pray so that you would receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. On the count of three, every eye closed, every head bowed. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up if that's you this morning. Shoot your hand up. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving heaven for me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me, for my sin, for my mistakes. I repent, I turn from my sin, and I choose to follow you. Now fill me with your spirit. I need your helper. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. And if you believe that, everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Can we give it up for the hands that went up? Come on. Hey, thank you again for listening to today's message. If you found today's sermon encouraging, inspiring, would you consider subscribing to this podcast? That way you won't miss the next word that's coming. See you next time.